Thanks for listening to the Who's Flying the Plane podcast. I'm Alex, and I'll be chatting to innovative and unique people about their lives, careers, and creative projects. For this episode, I spoke to Shiny Joe Ryan, founding member of Pond, stage tech for Tame Impala, and one of the original members of the Perth music scene that birthed both of those bands. Joe, I thought it would be good for you to start by telling us how you actually got the nickname Shiny Joe. I've always wondered over the years, so if you could tell the story behind that. Well, um, a good friend of mine, um, Jack Quirk is his name, came up with it. I assume it's because of my bubbly personality and whatnot, but it could also be that because <laughs> um, it gets incredibly hot here and I'm originally from Ireland, so it could be that I've always lathered in sunscreen and thus am shiny from the sunscreen. Now, I got into you through Pond, really, about 10 years ago now, and I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about what the Perth scene was like back then, because this was back when everyone was still in Perth, everyone from Pond and Tame Impala and Mink Muscle Creek and all that, those bands. Could you tell me what it was like being a part of a scene like that? Um, it was pretty amazing. Um, it was very insular in the sense that, um, I don't know, we didn't have internet at our share house for so many years, you know, and... Um, it just seemed like we were way, way on the other side of the country and, you know, everyone else in the Australian music scene was on the other side of the country, you know. Um, so where Perth is, currently you have to drive maybe like two or so days across the desert to get to the next sort of capital city. So um, there was definitely a lot of... Um, the isolation was a factor, I guess, in that... We had to just make our own music and fun and it was in no way, shape or form influenced by any other factors like, um, you know, say if you were living in Sydney, you might feel like, oh, I've got to, you know, do this or that to try and make it big or, you know, over here it was like, no one's going to listen to our music anyway, so... Did it feel like you were all trying to make it big and stuff like that, or was it just a, a smaller thing? Oh, absolutely not. No, um, I was surprised that anyone ever heard of Migmosa Creek. Um, but no, certainly not. In fact, it was more that we were just inspired by other Perth musicians and trying to always improve and push the boundaries of our own music just to try and impress ourselves and the other people in uh, Perth, you know? Pond is the one band that seemed to have lasted the longest. You're releasing your ninth album later this year. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it is about Pond that made it outlast all those other bands? Um, I think uh, when I think about it now, I guess it's really there's no ego in the band. Um, we've all written so many albums and songs and we've all been housemates and we're all good friends still and all that stuff where it's just a really nice feeling to record with Pond um, and write songs. And when you do, in fact, write something and want to bring it to Pond, you have to be willing to let go of it. You know, you can't be precious. you got to, people want to change or improve or switch it around. Or even if it doesn't make the cut, you have to just take it, you know. And uh, it's been a good, it's kind of like a really good life lesson, you know, playing in Pond. <laughs> Me and my brother really love the Beardwives Denim album. Oh yes, yep. Um, and that was that was like the first one that we heard from you guys. Yeah, that was uh, number three, I believe. We thought that was so obscure that we found that one, and then because it was you know we grew up in the UK, so it was a little bit 
underground compared to what we were listening to and then to find that you'd been around for years and stuff it was so um it felt like we'd really stumbled across something it was cool oh, cool the f- thing is you're is you're the lead vocalist on moreno's blend aren't you yes i am i wrote that song about um a friend of mine he runs uh this sort of italian import shop you know you go there for all your pastas they make incredible continental rolls uh they have a really fantastic liquor and wine section and he happened to make a blend called uh his name's moreno and he had his own sort of coffee blend that he would serve and it was oh man it was so full-on like not only flavor-wise but a (laughs) cup of it would just oh you'd get your heart racing you know you could only have one of those a day or something something bad would happen you know so caffeinated thought it'd be a weird thing to tell you that me and my brother would occasionally just sing that to wake the other up whichever one was up when we were when we were kids that's (laughs) amazing so um but also it's interesting that you said you have to be open-minded to bring a song to the pond musical group but on the start of that you can hear jay saying (laughs) (laughs) so how did it how did it make it oh look uh that was a really um important record for pond it was you know the other ones were pretty funny and lo-fi and all that but that one we really sort of tried hard and the songs were quite cool uh i thought at least and um it represented like a sort of a new fidelity in how we recorded stuff and how we wrote songs and all that kind of thing so yeah i don't know it's just one of those albums uh, for me that sort of was the turning point in uh, my own personal songwriting and things like that. And it just sort of shows on the album, everyone's just having so much fun and you can really just sort of hear it in the music, you know. We all slept on a, the floor of the recording studio in like the shack and um, if we played something cool, um, there were these like graze cows around there. So if, it was, if we played something cool, you'd look up and there'd just be all these cows looking in the window. And we found uh, <laughs> the more proggy, the more sort of wild the um, uh, songs, the more the cows would come and kind of felt like a good, <laughs> a good sign, you know? It was around that time that you did Cosmic Microwave Background, right? That was like a year later than that, I think? Yeah. That's your first solo album. Is that the, the one that was like full of songs that the guys in Pond didn't want to put on the album? Or how does how does that divide itself from what you were working on? Yeah, I guess something, it's probably started off like that. Um, a few songs, there were riffs that didn't make it on the album. I was also living in Berlin at the time, and I was just sort of fully inspired, you know, by how, um, how you know, just Berlin is such a wonderful city to um, be a creative person in, you know. And um, it was all really recorded with just like two microphones and like no amplifiers. Everything was sort of like DI'd and all that kind of stuff. So it is pretty lo-fi and and weird. But um, as a first album, as a first go, I thought it was, I mean, it's not the most sonically pleasing album to listen to, but it was definitely <laughs> um, a wonderful time and a good experience. Um, certainly is improved uh, on this new record, I reckon. The, the audio quality what were you um what was your experience like in berlin what were you up to out there um just i don't know i, I hired like uh oh, sorry i i got a room with a, a friend of mine um from uh the netherlands and it was in neukern 
so basically uh we were there, I was there for summer and then i kind of ran out of money after like six months and went home but um i don't know sat by the canals and drank beer and ate food and just sort of lived it up really this is now sort of nine or ten years on and you're currently releasing singles from Shiny's Democracy. So uh, where were you when you recorded that? And could you tell me a little bit about the background of that album? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I definitely had the name for as long as I can remember. Probably back from when I was recording the first album, I still I had the name Shiny's Democracy flying around. Um, basically, it's just sort of a, a knockoff of Chinese Democracy. You know, by um, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> right, okay. I didn't get the reference. Oh, no, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, it totally <laughs> is. And um, I guess when the COVID hit last uh, March, I was on Tame Impala tour because I, I roadie for those guys. And uh, we all got sent home. And I figured now is as good as time as any to record it. I had like maybe half of the album written. So, and Jay was really um, pushing me to do it because he's like it can't be this self it has it can't be the self-fulfilling prophecy you have to do it you can't leave it longer than guns and roses um and all that so (laughs) i just kind of um finished off all the songs um assembled my uh my band um which are a bunch of mates of mine here in perth and Fremantle. and uh, i also got jay watson and james ireland and we went up the road um to this recording um, recording studio that my uh, friend Brad owns is called Tunafish Recording Company, and it's kind of like just really nice one room. We all just packed in there and knocked it out live, basically. Did um, all the songs instrumental, and then I just kind of came back here and did some in my own home studio. Did the vocals and overdubs, and it was pretty cool in because. Um, as lockdown started easing up, you're allowed one person over, so I get one of the members of the band to come and do harmonies. Then, like, like the week after, you'd be, like, allowed two more people over us. So then I'd get two more people, and we'd do three-part harmonies. And it was kind of cool. Uh, as sort of we came out of lockdown, um, yeah, pretty much had it all done. The songs that I've heard from it so far, we got uh, Ketterman and Pub Boat. And neither of those songs sound anything like sort of Pond or anything like that. So what sort of music uh, shaped the sound? What were you listening to that got you into that sort of uh, style? Um, gosh, I do listen to quite a lot of music and it does vary and change, you know, as uh, I'm sure it does with everyone. Uh, it kind of feels a bit like Space Country or something. <laughs> if you were going <laughs> to call it something, I, I feel it might be Space Country, yeah. Uh, have you heard the uh, Brian Eno album, Apollo? I have listened to it many a time on um, flights when I'm flying around the place. It's terrific. Yeah, because that's, that's the, in my head, that's space country, because it's like spacey music with slide guitar all over it. It absolutely is. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know what my music is then, if that's space country, but um, I do love that album. <laughs> You can go over to the Who's Flying the Plane YouTube channel to see our new series, In the Studio, which gives a behind-the-scenes look into how makers work. You can already watch episodes with a ceramicist, a jewellery maker, and some traditional method printers, and there are many more episodes to come soon. So just search Who's Flying the Plane on YouTube. Could you tell me a bit about Pub Boat as well? Because, like, the Pub Boat video, everyone should go and watch that as you 
uh, moving a boat around using just uh, empty beer kegs. Yes. So what does what what is a pub boat, and why did it deserve a sort of theme song? Well, I guess it's just I was walking around Amsterdam, and um, a boat was going around on a, the canals, and it was quite small and lovely, but decked out like a really nice, like the inside of a really nice old English pub or something, you know. And I yeah. thought. That is amazing. Now I can't afford a ride on this pub boat, but I will write a song about it. You know. Hopefully, the the proceeds from this album will fund your trip on the pub boat. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will at some point. Yeah. I um, yeah. I'm really excited to hopefully get back to Europe soon uh, when it's safe and everything. You know, but yeah. Um, the idea for having the band sort of wheel me around, or I guess I was like watching some weird. Uh, doco about like the pyramids or something and you know how they like you put a log in front of the block and then you could drag it drag it using like these logs as wheels so i figured um i'd just hit up uh, my local pub and get some empty cakes and we could maybe try recreate something similar and uh, it turned out amazingly all the neighbors were like what is he doing now all coming out and and all the kids on the street were like oh having a good old chuckle so it was great do you see that as being something you'd do on a on a live setting? You're sat out on the sat out on the pub boat singing songs to people. <laughs> I I am actually in the process of trying to get my skipper's ticket, um, so I could actually take that boat on the water one day. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, cool. It's no good just sitting in the backyard, you know. You gotta take it out. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned earlier that you uh, roadie for Tame Impala, so you spend a lot of time out on the road with Pond and obviously with them as well. How does tour life differ between being a performing musician and part of the crew? Because um, I think that's probably quite a rare thing that you get to experience both. It, it certainly is. Um, I love both aspects, to be honest, and um, I guess I'm kind of lucky because I would go out of my mind just sort of not having stuff to do. And also, I guess there's that old saying, idle hands are the devil's playthings. And by God, if I wasn't you know, working 20-hour days with Tame, I'd probably get up to a lot more mischief than I do. But 20-hour um, days? Oh, you know, maybe a couple of like snoozes here and there. But for the most part, it's pretty hectic, uh, full-on stuff, you know? Um, yeah. But then we also, uh, to save money... <laughs> Got um, so Pond often play the same festivals as Tame Impala, so we'll go in at midnight, um, set up the Tame Impala stage, you know, get all the lights working, everything's uh, ready to rock and roll. Um, come back at dawn, do like a sound check possibly, and then as soon as that's all tarped, all the Tame stuff's tarped up, ready to go for later on in the night, we'll track down all the Pond stuff in one of the semi trailers and set up that, you know, play Pond, pack it up have a quick nap, and then it's time for Tame Impala, basically. So, yeah, pretty full-on <laughs> days, but um, I do enjoy the work. I, I love having stuff to do, and it's nice having the opportunity to play and work as well. It's, if I find it, it's kind of a very nice, well-rounded day for me, usually, if it's uh, when both bands are out on the road together. Is it not a bit weird seeing the other guys in Pond just sort of chilling out after a gig, and then you're suddenly rushed over to a stage to start doing behind the scenes stuff nah i love it i um, yeah. i'm a big fan of uh i'm getting i'm getting pretty good at being a roadie so i do i just enjoy it i enjoy both aspects and you know when tours go on for like four or five 
weeks. You don't need to be having a beer after every gig, you know. You can just like, maybe have like you have one, but in all honesty, it's all about trying to make it those four weeks without getting burnt out, you know. And it takes yeah. kind of a little bit of a little bit of like skill to navigate and negotiate the uh, the disciplines you need for both aspects of roading and then playing live as well. So it's all right. I'm not. Cool. I'm not too. I don't feel like I got any FOMO or anything. So that's all right. Have you got anything lined up in terms of a tour for your solo album? Not at the moment. Um, we did have a little pond tour uh, lined up um, that just got canned. Um, because uh, we had another outbreak over east uh, of the new strain of the COVID. So um, that all kind of got canned. It's not, I don't think it's really worth too much of my mental, you know, stress uh, to figure it out. I think maybe later on in the year or, or, so, or maybe start of next year, we'll find time to tour it for sure around Australia. But uh, I'm not really too fussed at the moment. As long as people can get the record and have a listen, I'm happy with that for now. In terms of new records as well, I mentioned before that uh, Nine by Pond is coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like to record? Was that Were you able to record that all in person with each other? Was that recorded during COVID? How did that all go? Um, actually, it's interesting. We went up to, again, up to Broad, who uh, he has that Tudor Fish recording studio up the road um where i did the chinese democracy and uh we did about three two or three days there um jay has like a roll of one inch tape so uh we just recorded directly onto the tape and just sort of these really open-ended jams you know just sort of no real uh you know hugely thought out structure or anything and then after that we'd bounce it back onto the digital and go again and basically just wind it, using the tape uh, recording to it until the end and then bouncing that stuff off. And from there, find like 10 seconds of a song that had some interesting point, you know, or 10 seconds in the jam and just making songs out of that. <laughs> so we got to do it all live together. And then it was just kind of a matter of, I think Nick wrote all pretty much all the lyrics and, it was lovely actually having him do that because it has this like continuity to it. Um, I'm not terribly good at writing lyrics either. So when it got to like a song I wanted to chuck on there, I was like, you do it, Nick, please write some lyrics. So <laughs> it was good. We, uh, we're lucky enough over here that we've actually been fairly unscathed by the uh, COVID-19 and we've actually been fairly productive in this year and a year and a few months that we've had off. I suppose it's because you're so remote from everywhere. It's a bit easier to do that kind of thing. It's probably the one time that being in the most isolated city in the world is a good thing. So the last two Pond albums are really quite shiny, to use the operative word at the moment. <laughs> shiny and polished records. They're really like pop structured and quite sort of clean cut. And um, what made you guys decide to go away from that now after those two albums to go back to something a bit more um, jammy and, and wild? Mm, I guess uh, just for variety's sake, you know? I mean, you can't be making the... I mean, you can. You can do what you want, but uh, it seems a little boring to try and recreate the same process or the same sounding album uh, again and again. Um, so Jin, uh, James Ireland, rather, and uh, Jay Watson both... Uh, mixed this record 
um, and you, they really spend a lot of time on it, and it sounds terrific. Because um, you know, I guess usually maybe for the last one, Kevin uh, mixed quite a bit of it as well. So it was just kind of nice to try something new again. Stop things getting stale, you know. I cannot believe we have to wait till October till that stuff drops. You know, it's so far in the future. When what, was it meant to come out? To it. I mean, it's, it was always coming out in October. I guess it's getting closer. It's just uh, I was. Uh, I just can't wait for people to hear it. Joe, what would you like to offer up as your "Who's Flying the Plane" hidden gem? Who's flying the plane? Hidden gem. I reckon. Um, I'm just thinking about this now because it was my friend's birthday yesterday and I bought him this record on vinyl. Um, it's an album by Michael Rother, who is the lead sort of singer, guitarist of a German band called Neu. Anyway, this is his solo project and the album I'm thinking of, it's called Flamende Hernsen. um i'm not sure what that means in german but um it is a bloody good album mate and just chuck it on if you're doing anything you're going to the gym cooking food going for a walk whatever you know it's uh it's one of those things it's just got this motoric oh it's terrific just yeah yeah chuck it on and decide for yourself how can people keep up to date with what you do and where can they get your album from and all that kind of thing? Let us know how we can keep up to date. Well, I've been, I mean, you can follow me on the old socials, you know, uh, on the Facebook or the uh, Instagram, but keep your eye out on Spinning Top Music. They're actually putting out uh, this album, um, Chinese Democracy. And not only that, they have uh, all of us boys' records like dom from tame just released his record on spinning top jay's about to drop like some more records on spinning top so i'd say just keep in touch with spinning top hey and you won't only hear about what i'm doing but what all of us are up to great stuff uh yeah thanks a lot for having a chat to me today joe absolutely no stress at all thank you i appreciate it